0: This is the one with a loony old trout, a numb skull, a fruitcake, a baker's coven, and a quality of acting normally not enjoyed outside of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. What the hell just happened? It's called Image of the Fendal! Here we, we go! We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space, counting Daleks, boot and, and the Cybertronic race. Tantorans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales.
1: And the Doctor has a TARDIS, we're reviewing all his tales.
0: Hmm back
1: when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who
0: back when? And subscribe and or night iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be? The who back when? Who back when? Chin chin, Podcast Land, and welcome to yet another marvelous episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast or Doc Pass. Correcto mundo, old buddy, old pal. That lovely voice belongs to my fantastic co-host Jim. Hello, Jim. Oh, hello, you're making me blush. (laughs) (laughs) And my voice belongs to me. I am Leon. Hello. Oh, you didn't steal it this time. It's just yours. Good. That's right. And we are in the Who Back When studios today, brandishing Negronis, casually chewing on Haribo's, and getting ready, getting in the mood to talk to you about a legendary classic Who serial, namely Image of the Fendal. Yes. By which I mean, image of the Findal. (laughs)
1: Findal
0: Legendary.
1: Absolutely legendary. As I said off air before we started recording, it seems they are all legendary. (laughs) When they're all legendary, I stop caring. (laughs) I had seen this one. I remembered the snake monsters. Uh, (laughs) Just going to call them the snake monsters. Okay. You're being kind of an I was. I was calling them worms.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're cobra worms, aren't they? Yeah, but I didn't remember anything else about it, and I'm almost—I'm uh, curious as to the reasons why my parents would have allowed me to watch this as a child, because it's a fairly scary story. Yeah, this one's actually pretty dark, right? Yeah, mega gothic, mm-hmm. high level, Jim. What would you say? And I ask you this, knowing the answer full well, <laughs> because Podcast Land, we may have talked about this
1: before pressing record.
0: Oh, high level, how do you feel about this?
1: I mostly thought it was poo. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, don't know. I kinda liked it, but it's weird. It's yeah. I mean it's but not in a good weird.
0: I was gonna say it's so clear what they were going for. I mean it is definitely clear that they were going for something. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a, a pretty interesting, rather fascinating hardcore sci-fi aspect to it. Like the backstory is is seriously sci-fi the execution, what? My notes are riddled with one line. What the hell just happened? (laughs) On so many occasions did I have to write that.
1: Well, shall we help our listeners not go, what the hell just happened all the time? (laughs) And give a little bit of summation as to what did happen.
0: A marvellous suggestion. Time for us to synopsize, and summarise. So take a view and grab a brew and listen to this overview, this free-for-all we like to call a bite
1: chunk
0: of who. sized chunk of who? A humanoid skull has been found by a small group of scientists and they've brought it to England to carry out some further research to see if everything we know about our evolution needs to be thrown out of the window. As every scientist knows, you do your best work in an isolated priory that is surrounded by misty woodland and this bunch have found the most fitting example to date.
1: When the skull begins to glow in the dark, and a chap mysteriously dies in said woodland, they exhibit admirable resolve and power on. Alas, their experiments seem to be tied to an ancient alien race from Galathraean mythology, and one of their ranks is being turned into a golden death goddess. Good thing Doc and Leela, son's robot dog, are here to run aimlessly from scene to scene, and then throw salt into the wound.
0: Biska over, you are
1: welcome. <laughs> Aren't you just? Wow.
0: I have a number of questions. In addition to what the hell just happened. Here's a question for you. What is the image of the Fendal?
1: I want you to leave this pause in because <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't think about this
0: much, I have to I have to admit. I, I can see how you might ponder that question I've got a
1: couple of candidates Okay, here we go One would be a skull <laughs> But the image of the Fendal No, no, didn't say they were good candidates Okay Another one would be Pentagram? Well, that's a possibility, I hadn't thought of Okay My next one was going to be painted on eyes <laughs> <laughs> It's solid candidates, yes <laughs> And the final one would just be <laughs> The painted on eyes are so good okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the last one that comes to mind would just be a worm crossed with a party popper. (laughs) (laughs) All really plausible candidates. Yeah, I think we do this often and we're just stupid for doing it. There's not meaning in the titles, is there, really? They just do what the hell they think sounds cool. Yeah, I guess so. It is a nice image that they give us, though. It is. Of the skull glowing, throbbing, and then superimposed over Thea's browning face that's beautifully done yeah you're right
0: is it possibly hang on something just uh, struck me is it possibly that we were created in the image of the fendal
1: Ooh, oh you might have something there maybe i guess what it's unclear as to where the story stands at the end is it with that but that could be an implication with the title
0: i mean they certainly meddled in our evolution
1: right that's the doc's theory is that yeah there were yeah. some changes in our evolution because of the Fendal.
0: Okay, wait, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Let's explain who the Fendal are. Here we go. Roughly 12 million years BC, the Fendal evolved on the fifth planet located between Mars and Jupiter. The Fendal began to kill all life on the planet, including each other. When the Time Lords learned of the danger that the Fendal posed, they placed the planet in a time loop. They also removed all trace of the Fendol from their records, leading it to pass into legend.
1: Right, that's it.
0: Glad that cleared up. You know what? That's a that's a pretty cool backstory. But I didn't. I didn't get it.
1: <laughs> no, I, d- I don't think the Fifth Planet, which gets thrown around on multiple occasions, is ever contextualized. Is it? It's just always the Fifth Planet.
0: There's definitely a mention of them killing everything on Mars. They, they suck up all the life from uh, on Mars.
1: Oh, I, I missed the reference to Mars, I think.
0: Here we go. Yeah, in part four, probably taking in Mars on their way through, in brackets, to Earth. Oh. Uh... So one of these chaps makes it, or chapettes makes it, is a skull on Earth 12 million years ago. Just the skull. The rest of the body, who knows where, eroded, Yeah. Yeah. Now the skull is taking over other people. There's, it's a skull. There's not even a brain. It's a skull. <laughs> <laughs> it was in pieces. They put it together. The fact that they put it together that has now only unle- we've seen this before in um, Hand of Evil. The
1: finger or whatever. The hand. Do you remember? I remember the, the hand grabbing the Sarah, petrified Sarah hand Jane. That, and then, like, yeah, she gets she gets mind controlled. You're right. Yeah.
0: This, it's a hand. It's, at that point, it's not, not soaking up life energy. It's soaking up radioactivity. I think. It is. And yeah. then it's, even though it's a perfectly inanimate object, it is a dead hand. It has an intelligence of its own and it reconstitutes itself. Here we have A fucking cranium. It's a cranium. Get a grip. <laughs> 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 anyway. That's 12 million years ago. But at some point they meddled in Earth's evolution. They tinkered with us. Perhaps they created us partly in their image. Maybe they didn't create us, but they certainly they meddled in our evolution.
1: I don't, yeah, I didn't take it that they intentionally did anything. Oh, they just had an just, effect? Yeah, just the, the fact that there is a skull on Earth now, and it can interfere with energy somehow.
0: Okay, well then I have a question for you. Know. Is it not at least insinuated that 12 million years ago, they set off a chain of events that would culminate in a man named Fendelman reconstituting this Fendal cranium?
1: I think he says that, and I think the doctor says, oh, maybe it's a big coincidence.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I think think Fendelman has this weird revelation, and... Yeah, it just kind of goes. oh, the Fendal. I'm Fendelman. <laughs> it's been my prophecy to do this all along, and I never realised. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> Damn it! I'm about to get shot. I imagine like in, <laughs> in science school, <laughs>
0: <it's> like <laughs> roll call in science school. Fendelman here. <laughs> Predator bug
1: here.
0: <laughs> alien, alien field.
1: Because that doesn't get mixed with anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just a xenomorph in the corner. <laughs>
0: Freddy Kruegerberg. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well done, Freddy Kruegerberg. McChucky. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so fine. So they didn't... Maybe that is just a coincidence that I didn't realize.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is possibly what you were getting at, that there's some incredible implications scientifically yeah. that they're trying to make in this serial. And then...
0: And philosophically.
1: Who are we? And, yeah, and philosophically, you are right. But they seem to just sort of throw it away. Like, we've got a bunch of... I don't know how to describe these scientists. Like, I did not like a single one of them. All for different reasons. Yes, okay, so uh, regale us with (laughs) these uh, myriad reasons. Well, Fendelman is kind of nice at the start. Like, literally maybe the first three lines he says. Uh And then you quickly get that he's just conniving and manipulative. He's a total psycho. Yeah.
0: A dude dies out front and he's just like, we'll move the body somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> like, what? You're a fucking
1: Bond villain. <laughs> like, that's not okay. And then, yeah, so the guy that finds the body, Adam... Is that Colby? Yes. Okay. He... I couldn't put my finger on it for a very, very long time. And then I just... It just kind of clicked with me. He's acting like he's in a sitcom. Yeah. And I don't understand <laughs> why. Like, but it's not even just his acting. Like, a lot of his lines seem to be written for someone as if they're in a sitcom or I don't, I don't believe he's delivering them in a certain way I think they're written in a certain way and then he delivers them in a certain way as well but like the amount of times he raises an eyebrow in a kind of cheeky way after talking about stuff that had no kind of innuendo at all it's just weird it's like he's expecting a laughter track or something
0: you're right he looks like something out of a surfer movie and he acts like there are just so many does he act like he is the leading man?
1: I think maybe. Like, I never got what him and Thea had as a relationship. Like, I think they're just they're fre- colleagues. They're friends. Because there's a lot of stuff at the start that seems quite flirtatious. Mm. Like, I wondered for a while. Because then we get a weird scene where they all sit down and have breakfast together. Like, they're, they're living in this They live this in priory. a priory,
0: yeah. Who has hired them? Why? What... Has Fendelman hired them? There seems to be some sort of of organisation in the background, because Fendelman can just tell the other chap, Uh, uh, call HQ and get them to send armed guards here. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, armed guards, whom we'll never
1: see. You know what, This I've got it. This is actually, really is a sitcom, and it's called The Henchman. (laughs) (laughs) He's just called up the Bond villain, the real villain. (laughs) He's a Scorpio like... who lives in a <laughs> yeah. volcano.
0: So, uh, uh, meep, meep. Oh, who is it? is it? There's a call for you from Fendelman, Mr. Scorpio. Oh, damn it. All right, fine. <laughs> Fendelman online too. Click, click. What do you need? Armed guards? Okay, fine. Yes.
1: <laughs> do you need plane pros? i don't have
0: mine. A dude died on your doorstep? Just just move the body. Just move the body.
1: <laughs> Why are you come to me with this crap? <laughs> <laughs> but you, yeah, you're right. There, There is some bigger shit which we did never even see
0: no exactly hint
1: of at all yeah they don't care about it they don't follow up on the fact that this guy can just get armed guards to (laughs) a random priory in england
0: why are they there i don't know that the scientists who work i assume for fendelman as opposed to with fendelman those scientists are a not at all perturbed by the fact that they have to work in a priory and are presumably not allowed, you know, relationships with people outside of it. They're not they don't have friends, they don't dial an outside line. Like they're isolated. And also, at one point, Colby comes into the computer room and is shocked to find that there is such a thing. But that seemed to to me to be the the main experiment.
1: So what is he even doing there? I don't know. (laughs) Him and Thea have no idea what... So the other guy we haven't mentioned is Max Stale. Yeah. Stale. Stale. (laughs) Stale. Stale. (laughs) Uh, So he's working with and He knows what's going on. But Colby and Thea have no idea so what are they doing all the time think like we first see them she's i think got back to camera maybe fiddling with some notes or something yeah colby's literally got his feet upon on the desk just kind of looking at the skull saying Whoa, i haven't got a foggiest what the hell this could possibly mean like if it's true man like is, is this is what he's been doing <laughs> is it, for it possible weeks? that this is 12
0: million years well what compelled you to take this job in the first place <laughs> Colby is actually just the UK champion puzzle solver, <laughs> and they just gave him all these bits of cranium, and it was his job to piece it together.
1: So we were about three seconds too late. Just before they started filming, he went,
0: oh, it's a skull! It's a skull. <laughs> 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 There's like a good fortnight of him going, is it a duck? <laughs> is there, is there... <laughs> He okay. pieces it together but it's upside down And he can't figure <laughs> out what it is <laughs> And then there's the eureka moment Where Thea <laughs> turns it the right way up And he's like oh I get it <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was thinking you would put something in it But then it would just fall out the tube <laughs> I thought it was a holes. bowling ball
0: <laughs> Sorry I cut you off there
1: Yeah so Max, is, Max yeah. is the other guy Who turns out to be super evil Yeah, But even before he turns out to be super evil He's super evil and creepy. Well, and why is he super evil beforehand? Just the way he talks and behaves, he's just an absolute evil bastard. <laughs> like, it, there's no question about it. What well, the random line I've written down is, I can't remember the context, but he d- he just says, "It's never easy to die." Oh Thanks, yeah, Max. Yeah, that's that's because they just
0: found a dude dead outside, and they're like, "There's a look of absolute terror on his face. <laughs> it yeah. can't have been easy." It's like, yeah, it's never easy. I know, because I've seen a million people die. (laughs) That's the music between the notes in the jazz (laughs) song playing out of his heartless mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice (laughs) metaphor.
0: Thanks. Yeah, okay, okay, so hang on, wait, so I I did say before that they are isolated, they don't have any contact with the outside world. That's not entirely true, because there is, if not a village, there is a household and a half
1: (laughs) outside of the Priory. Yes. There There are three people. Yes, uh, a nice le- less than handful <laughs> of stereotypical bastard stuff to <laughs> fill out the cast for us. These three people are Jack Tyler. We've got Ted Moss. And? And Mrs. Oh, what's her name? i've lost my note martha tyler oh she's Mrs. tyler of course she's
0: martha tyler we, we we've had rose tyler and we had martha jones no martha tyler uh, anyway uh, yeah <laughs> it, it, that's that's not trivia anyway <laughs> yeah so it, jack tyler and martha tyler that's grandmother or you know, grandson vis-a-vis grandmother and then what's the other guy's name ted moss ted moss those three people not related those three people make up the entire outside cast. Plus the hiker. Oh, plus the hiker who dies. Who, who dies. Yeah. Ted Moss is one of the leaders of a some sort of occult organization that just happens to reside in this village. Martha Tyler happens to be a witch. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> but she's a good one. She's not a witch. She's psychic and knows all about all this occult... All these occult shenanigans, but she's a good person. <laughs> Jagdal is just useless, but he he does have a shotgun. This leads me to believe, given that Max is also part of this occult organization, it leads me to believe that Max may in fact be the Bond villain who has hired Fendel, Fendelman, sorry, and who is now purporting to be his lab assistant. Because he could then have manipulated them to take this experiment to this priory coincidentally, not at all coincidentally, in the vicinity of, uh, you know, a subterranean pentagram and all that stuff.
1: You know what? You make a lot of sense for a stupid aroundabout the way plot. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really intrigued, actually, if if that is meant to be what it is, because I didn't get that in the slightest. It might be. From uh, watching the the serial, but... Because otherwise there are just
0: even more dinkies.
1: Yes. I mean, to be honest, I was just like... What Ted and Max are in a fucking cult, uh, <laughs> a coven. They yeah. They want to... which felt very Mask of Ma- uh, Mandragora. Yeah. Well, it just felt or Mandragora. Lots of Doctor Who stereotypical. No,
0: but it is very Mask of Mandragora. Right, an alien force promises the leader of a cult that they will become a god of sorts. I don't know. This one felt more straight up cult. Okay, yeah, no, you, that, that's, like they that's hadn't, fair.
1: Hadn't had a connection to anything. They just had a. But I, they know about it. There was something to do. They told to know about it, though. Yeah, but they didn't know it was going to.
0: Max even says, turn them on to I'm going to be a god."
1: No, he does not know that. No, he surprises how. It's pretty amazing that
0: he shoots himself in the face. This, this is where it's so dark. Like, and Doc
1: helps him. Doc, it's assisted suicide. Doc gives him. Oh a my gun. god! Yeah, it's so incredibly awesome. <laughs> doesn't doesn't try and do anything else. Yeah, it's too Li- late. Literally hands in the gun and fucks off. Well, yeah, it's too late. He, the doctor tells him, I'm sorry, I can't
0: help you. You've already looked into her eyes. You're going to turn into a space worm.
1: But in that scene... The doc literally enters the room yeah looks around and goes ah oh, max you're fucked. oh you want this gun okay here you go Max uh, he, I mean, he does say okay he's nothing sorry. else I can do he does say you sorry but leave. isn't do, that fine I think that's fine doesn't do anything else in the room doesn't like try and investigate how to stop the lady at this point you know tears turned into this but I, into this I think he went contest. there
0: originally intending to save Max I think so I think he came there only to save Max and then Max oh uh, and to take the cranium is that is that the point you take? Oh, or maybe he that's... takes it later, actually. I sorry, that, you're right. I that's when they go back. No, you're right. Sorry, sorry. You that's... are right. He goes back there to save Max, though. Because he goes... I mean, it's not just uh, Max. They go there together, Leland and Doc, to save Max and Colby. At this point, Thea is already boned beyond belief, because she's now turned into a golden death goddess with eyes painted on her eyelids, <laughs> which I think are meant to be real eyes. I, I assume they're meant to be real eyes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Because otherwise, just like, w- w- open your eyes. <laughs> Why are they able to sneak in there during this this ceremony and get away with it?
1: Because all she can do is move her arms around. Still pretty creepy.
0: <laughs> she looks very um, Weeping angelly. Ask. Yes. Do you think perhaps the Weeping Angels were inspired? Maybe? Maybe not?
1: No, I, I okay. feel like they came straight up from statues.
0: Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it, it's it's the whole cult
1: aspect and a real soothsaying witch. Yeah.
0: That I mean, 60% just... of everyone is a member of a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Thea is now the cult leader. Max is the actual cult leader. Sorry, Thea is the goddess. Max is the cult leader. Colby is innocent. So that's one versus two. Fendelman, Fendelman is not. Fendelman is not. is
1: not. Jack is not.
0: Jack is not, but uh, Grandma, Martha man. is... Oh, I mean, she's a witch, so I'm I'm going to count her as an <laughs> occult individual. And what's his face? The the guy who shoots
1: invisible bullets? Shoots invisible bullets? Oh, when he shoots at Leela. Yeah, he shoots at Leela. This is Ted Moss. Ted Moss. Who <laughs> I'm pretty sure... That's it,
0: four people... ...is a
1: reporter for some farm gazette. Is that his...
0: Who's going to read it? <laughs>
1: I don't know. It just, it just seems like one of those names. Oh, Ted, okay. Ted Moss for the... <laughs>
0: I thought this was gardening gardening I Gazette.
1: I don't know
0: i'm here for manure quarterly uh, no sorry okay so I, I thought that was something i missed okay so that's four people doing a shit versus three people doing no occult shit but then we've got
1: on oh, a hiker ten, who dies four and four but then we have 10 other people that we don't even ever see we never see that's right the gods or we, we do have we have one guard we have another guy gets knocked out but but there are 10 people to make up that coven that get turned into worms you're right and I think, I think Wait, we might wor- see one as an extra.
0: Are all the worms people who have been transformed into worms?
1: I guess that's the implication. Okay. I don't know. They stuffed too much into this. It's nonsense. I love it. It's and so dumb. And <laughs> then they just gave up trying to explain it. It's like, um, well, can't be asked to hire 10 other people. Just, we're just making worms already. It's fine. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> Question for you. When they go back into the occult, or to the occult uh, pentagram dance floor... Where she's dancing. She's now at the moment not dancing. In fact, there is no one there. No one no one is guarding the cranium. They take the cranium. Leela is pouring salt. Leela and Doc are pouring salt onto the dance floor. And then they leave to blow up the house. Why do they do that? Is
1: that to trap her?
0: But she's not even there. No no, they later on they walk right through her. She's a, an apparition oh, yeah. and they just walk through her.
1: I don't really remember seeing them pour salt. He was writing a note at a time.
0: Or maybe I'm misremembering. I'm relatively certain that that happened.
1: I I don't know. I mean, I kind of stopped caring a little bit (laughs) at this point. I think it's just okay. Now, now they're going to blow up the place. Oh, (laughs) great! So they are like real worms. Salt makes them go. I didn't think about that.
0: I didn't think about that. You're
1: so right. And this is this is the the answer to the day is you know. But I think that's also an something. occult
0: thing. I I remember yeah. I mean, not reading this in any actual books of the occult, which I've genuinely never read. But seeing this in some other
1: film where they made circles of salt yeah. to protect themselves—that's quite a big trope, isn't it? Right. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is what I think they were trying to get at. They're trying to get at kind of mystical things and our our evolution. Yeah. And trying to do the thing that, when it's done well, is quite nice. It's like twisting it a bit with a sci fi Doctor Who element. And it's like, well, we're going to try and explain supernatural stuff. But they didn't, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> they left it as supernatural stuff with maybe a footnote with the Doctor saying,
0: But I'm happy that there is supernatural stuff in this universe as well. Oh, I'm, are I'm you? sorry. See, I just I... Cut, I'm sorry. I rudely cut you off there.
1: See, I'm totally not happy.
0: Okay, but wait, hang on, what were you going to say? They
1: left it with the doctor just saying... He makes some half-assed reference to why Martha Tyler, like, is immune to the Fendau influence, and... Wait, why is she immune? Because she's been around for a long time? (laughs) I don't know. She's old, really. Everyone knows old people have more salt in them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's a salt-of-the-earth lady, that's why. Well,
1: maybe maybe she did have a lucky charm on her at that time, which was a bag of
0: salt. Okay, you know what? Let's dip in and out of my what-the-hell-just-happened notes. My very last what-the-hell-just-happened note is, what-the-hell-just-happened? Where did the charms come from? Suddenly, everyone has a charm that she gave them.
1: She definitely gave one to Leela. When? At some point. So, again, like there's so much stuff just shoved in here and like one line and you miss it and then a a thing comes in later and you have no idea what the fuck's going on okay (laughs) because this is why ted is in the house shooting leela is that he had paid martha to do a charm for him oh okay what kind of charm well it turns out it's a bag of salt like a literal make him a, a physical charm well, that's that's what the implication is because then it's not okay. He, yeah, sorry. He turns out to be a badden and Mrs. Tyler doesn't want to give it to him, or or they just didn't meet at the right time. I don't know. I don't know if it's clear that they whether Martha actually decided no. Ted's a bastard. I'm not going <laughs> to give him the charm. Or if they just didn't get around to crossing paths and he goes off without his charm, but it, then Martha gives the charm he would have had to Leela.
0: Oh, okay
1: all right and then at
0: some point she gives one to jack as well
1: yeah which we may or may not see i don't know but it's not a massive actually no i think we do i think because he's reluctant to take it he's like oh i don't believe in that crap and she's like oh just do it for me what does it hurt that's
0: so strange these are two charm dispensings that i've completely missed i totally missed them but wait hang on so what's his name red herring what's his name Which one? Uh, Manure Quarterly. Manure Quarterly (laughs) goes (laughs) to… How could you not remember his name? What's his name? Ted Moss. Ted Moss. (laughs) I'm really sorry. Ted Moss is probably a relatively common name. It's not entirely unlikely that we have a Ted Moss in our audience. (laughs) If you're there, I apologise. Anyway, so Manure Quarterly goes there to get his bag of salt, finds her not to be there, breaks in, locks the door from the inside sits in waiting <laughs> holding a shotgun and when the door opens which might be the old crone on the other side of the door arriving late because she was out shopping for more rock salt he blasts invisible shotgun pellets at
1: her that's a bloody good point <laughs> and he <laughs> oh, shoots it at of a... such a dick ted
0: <laughs> yeah what what Ted Moss. Ted Moss, I remember that. What is your deal? And he shoots, I mean, shotguns famously spray these pellets everywhere. He shoots them. They they just go, all of them go through the sliver of the door (laughs) and miraculously miss (laughs) Leela. That's so good. All right. (laughs) Okay, I've got more questions for you. Okay. What the hell just happened? Did Doc and Leela just travel back in time to the Fendal? What was that? At a certain point, they get in the TARDIS. They do. Yeah, they do something. They dematerialize. Leela says something to the effect of, are we traveling back in time? 12 million years. Yeah. Do they actually do that? And what do they do when they get there? And then they come back.
1: What? I'm actually not 100% sure if they do go back in time.
0: Or is it that they're not able to?
1: Because my next note is also,
0: what the hell just happened? Leela's suddenly on the floor.
1: Yeah, that is nonsense. I'm pretty sure they did that just to look at her legs. Let's put a pin on that because we need to talk about that as well. Because <laughs> that just comes out of nowhere. Like, scene Unless... change, she's just on the floor.
0: Okay, hang on. Unless I'm now basing this solely on the bit from Todd's Wiki about the backstory of the Fendal. Different serial, backstory of the Fendal. <laughs> Could it be that they couldn't travel back in time because of the aforementioned time loop?
1: Well, they definitely can't find anything about the planet because of the time loop. Like, how the doctor discovers there's a time loop is, I think he just kind of goes, oh, there's a time loop, and there's some green wobbly thing outside.
0: Well, there's something that, in the beginning, when they are in the TARDIS, there's something that throws the TARDIS off course. Well, right? that
1: seems to be the, the. That's the time loop, isn't it? No, this is oh. what um, Fendelman is doing. I think. Is it called a time scan? I don't know. He's doing yes, something. you're kind right. Of, Sorry. A you're... sonic time scan. <laughs> It couldn't just be a time scan. It has to be a Sonic (laughs) time scan. (laughs)
0: Well, obviously, because otherwise you couldn't hear it.
1: And... (laughs) Yeah, this this is what makes them go a bit weird at the start, right? Okay, but then the time loop is just basically hiding the fifth planet.
0: Oh, so it's it's the equivalent of putting something temporally out of sync, which we've seen in New Who at the very least.
1: Yeah, I guess so, but leaving a green wibbly wobbly effect behind. Okay, I like it. Seem to be. You know what? I like that. But yeah, I I don't know if they. I think they maybe they were meant to go back in time because the doc wanted to find out how the skull came to Earth 12 years ago. So. I think he went to the fifth planet to see what happened 12 million years ago. Okay. But it's, it's such a short trip, it's but we a bit never, of nonsense. But wait,
0: and... do we actually get to see the planet 12 million years ago?
1: No, we just see a green wibbly-wobbly thing.
0: So that leads me to believe that they try to travel back in time, but either the time loop or something else prevents them from doing so. They basically crash back into the relative present of whatever the year is of this priory, and this is the reason she is lying on the floor. I think it's just the fact that, Wait, he's outside of the TARDIS. He comes in, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he comes walking into the TARDIS and she grabs a knife and like holds it at him and he's like, no, no, put that away. (laughs) Like, super calmly. Oh. I reckon they did go 12 million years back. He popped outside to have a look around. We don't get to see it in serial. She faints for some reason, and when she comes
1: to, she tries to, like, slaughter him, because she's still in a daze. I think he's... Is he not sitting in a different room in the TARDIS? I don't know if he goes out the main door. Okay, maybe it is just a different room. Yeah.
0: Either way, he's not out. She's out. As in... Yeah. like He's he's
1: wandering it. around perfectly happy. There's no, no effect scene of the TARDIS buffeting. No wibblies, no wobblies. Which we see at the very start of the first episode. Like, they are bounced around a bit because this sonic time scan is messing things up. But that doesn't happen in this instance. It's just we open this new scene, Lila is on the floor. Yeah. For no explained reason. Definitely worth a what the hell just happened. Definitely worth a what the hell just happened. (laughs) How do you feel about uh, Lila, by the way? So, I I do still really enjoy Lila as a character. Uh Uh-huh. But I think we need to address the fact that This is a new outfit for Leela. It is, yeah. But even skimpier than her normal one. (laughs) That's
0: correct. What what on earth are you talking about? I hadn't noticed. (laughs) Hadn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, new outfit, but she changes back to her previous outfit at the end.
1: Like, what the hell is going on?
0: This presupposes that there are two
1: cavewoman outfits in the TARDIS. Only she only brought one with her. Surely I don't. do they actually say that? It's like, does the doc compliment her on making it, I, or does he just say Ooh. he likes the outfit? I can't. I'm not sure. Think of the phrasing he uses.
0: At the end, he says, "Oh, I like your new outfit," and she goes, "This is the old one."
1: Yeah, which I thought was that's kind of fun. Actually, I mean, it's kind of a nice thing that like she could be changing outfits all the time, and he yeah. he's not paying attention. That just, is that's great. But when it's just one cave outfit to another cave outfit, that's fine. <laughs> I, it is redonkulously it,
0: so seventies sexist that, that she changes to something that is even skimpier than the one than the outfit that we have been saying all along. Holy moly, she could barely be showing any more skin. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if you are
1: gonna go with it, you might as well run with it. <laughs> it's just I find it funny that they draw attention to it as well. It, it's I don't know if if they just. Have think- no awareness whatsoever. Just don't give a shit that part of that is fan service as well. I don't know. Do it's you think the-
0: maybe addressing the different outfits at the end is a way of breaking the fourth wall?
1: It's possible, I suppose. I, I, I just don't know what the mood would have been like at that time, whether people would generally complain about it, whether people just roll their eyes and go, "Ugh, that's what it is. And most people are going to go, oh, that's what it is. <laughs>
0: Okay, so there is a note about this in the trivia on Todd's WIKI, in fact, and it reads as follows. The story introduced a new version of Leela's famous leather outfit. It was noticeably lighter in colour than the last. The new version was created because the original was wearing out. Furthermore, it had caused Louise Jameson some problems because it was a leotard. The new version, by contrast, was actually a dress. Producer Graham Williams had also instructed the designer, Amy Roberts, to make Louise look sexier in the new outfit. Oh, yeah, because yeah, the last one wasn't uh, alluring enough, I guess. The original Leotard appears briefly at the end of part four, mainly to facilitate the punchline to a joke in part one, and returned in the following story, The Sunmakers, before the new version came back for Leela's final two appearances. Holy moly, we don't get much Leela. Oh, wow.
1: I didn't realise. I'm oh, sorry, is, that was a bit of like a spoiler, wasn't it? Three cereals.
0: Yeah, we get three more Leelas. Blimey. Dagnabbers. All right. Okay, so that's our, uh, that's our Leela explanation Or Leela clothing explanation
1: yeah I mean it's ridiculous we know what they're doing yep <laughs> fine
0: I mean yeah, they're even saying so
1: yeah they know what they're doing make
0: it sexier
1: <laughs> but I still I still really enjoy Leela as a character i I like the fact that there's this really gung-ho wants to kill people <laughs> yeah I don't I don't know why I like it I she does the thing like again
0: it. by the way Where she just leaves the doctor and the doctor goes no nope, yeah right okay fine there she goes yeah. again <laughs>
1: And they have, they have a really nice interplay at one point where she just, like, really wants to kill the guard. And he's, he's just like, no. Just <laughs> like, but why? And he's just like, because no. like, but why? <laughs> and, and then I think the doctor just gives up and just says, oh, because it would be an inconvenience for us. Or, you know, he never <laughs> says, like, murdering people is bad. He just says, like, oh, look uh, point- all the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> But companion, not companion. What the fuck? Canine? Yeah, this is clearly...
0: I, I'm, well, I, I was going to say it's clearly written out of sync. Th- my assumption was that this was written before the advent of Canine. It must be. And maybe it was meant to be broadcast earlier, or it was just a script that they had on, you know, in stock. Who knows? But, I mean, Canine is so ham-fisted into this. yeah. It's just suddenly he needs repairs. What the shit? And He's a bit
1: rusty. Yeah, like, he what? just his ass. Yeah. <laughs> he just killed a load of people. Like, might have battle damage.
0: <laughs> yeah, if anything. Rust? <laughs> oh, I've just looked at my notes. My note immediately before K9 shows up is another Leela thing. Leela kisses Colby.
1: So he gives him a little peck on the cheek. Oh, is that what she does? Yeah.
0: It seems very flirtatious. It seems very out of character
1: yeah there was another point as well i can't remember who she was talking to and i'm not just jealous <laughs> she's a she's a cavewoman warrior it might have been she was talking to jack i can't, I can't quite picture who it was uh-huh. but she gets very comfortable talking to the person and then just kind of crouches on the floor like they're sat in her chair and she's like she's like squatted down next to them
0: is this the come on jack we gotta go come on jack possibly something like
1: that I, yeah i'm not sure but that seemed like totally something she wouldn't do either. Like, she seems like this This is a serial where she's still trying to kill people. Like, she's still yeah. very much the, the cave person, quite warrior-like, you know, not going to be that sociable with people, not going to be that, like, interested in people, certainly not that compassionate about people. Exactly. And then she's kind of leaning in in a she's, comforting fashion, yeah, r- she- rather than just, like, sat on a nearby table going, come on, Jack, let's fucking get to it.
0: It seems as though old Leela would have, as by old I mean one serial ago, yeah. Leela would have just abandoned anyone who didn't immediately do what the clever warrior, the cunning warrior would do. So she would just abandon Jack. She would never say, Jack, come on, we got to go. She wouldn't have leaned in. She wouldn't be socially comfortable with him. And she certainly would never pe- uh, give anyone a peck on the cheek.
1: No, definitely not.
0: She's written a little differently. I love her, by the way. I think she's fantastic and in many ways more interesting than the super genius companions that we've had in the past. Although they add an element which, frankly, I'm now missing. It's almost like I would quite like to have two companions yeah. in a way that we had with um, wee little Jamie and what was her name? Nabis. I'm going to find out, hang on. How can I not remember? Zoe? Wait, hang on. Head on over to whomac1.com, check out the Vindex, scroll down to the uh, companions and see that the person I'm referring to is Zoe. That was her name. Very good. <laughs> there was a time when Jamie, wee little Jamie, the Highlander, who was the equivalent of Leela, in yeah. that he, he was not accustomed to technology, is what I mean travelled alongside the Doctor and Zoe, who was a wunderkind from the future. So she was the genius companion, and he was the Leela companion. Uh, Possibly what we need is one more companion
1: here. Maybe K-9 will fill that gap, I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what they're trying to... In fact, maybe that's exactly what they're trying to do. Oh, well, yeah, sorry, just thinking out loud.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting point, because I think it's still enjoyable, but you can't do this forever. You can't have her trying to kill people all the time, and there being no progression there. I I think that's why the peck on the cheek and the social interaction jump out of you, because we're not seeing quick progression with Leela. We're seeing a a steady slog of more realistic progression, you know, from someone who has no understanding of what the hell's going on most of the time. Okay, so do
0: you think that the lean-in and the peck on the cheek are attempts at that progression?
1: They might be, but they're they're not done right. They just... Don't sit with us as a viewer, because you're like, Leela wouldn't do that. That's true. Yeah, You need to, you need to change Leela first, and then you can do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I have a, a very random question. Okay. Which doesn't have a lot of bearing on anything, I don't think. But in episode two, mm-hmm. the Doctor is being captured and locked up. Yes. And then oh. someone unlocks the door. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't think it's ever revealed who...
0: No, you're right. You're... But
1: I, I don't think we ever have anything to say anyone had the ability of unlocking that door at that point, other than all the bad guys.
0: Is, is it alluded to that perhaps the old crow, crone, <laughs> using her her mental abilities... Oh, we put a pin in that as well. You need to tell me why you have psi um, stuff in this. But anyway, hang on. So is it possibly alluded to that she, using her magic and or telekinetic abilities open the door for
1: him I don't know if it was alluded to was it I don't think so I'm mm. grasping I'd, I have a note about like I would never have a follow-up note of an explanation of how he, he got out of there yeah Cause I, I actually had to rewind that because I, I think I was making a note and saw him leaning on the wall and I thought maybe he discovered a, a switch or something ah but I rewatched it and no the door like we have a real close-up of, of the lock and he tried and to it sonic being... it
0: beforehand or something
1: I don't know if he does, actually, which is a bit stupid.
0: Because I thought that he tried to unlock it before, and now I'm thinking maybe it's just a delayed reaction on the part of the door. Like he pulled it and it just needed a little bit of time to snap, <laughs> it, snap it into action.
1: Oh, because the Sonic, Sonic time scanner is messing up with Sonic and time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if that's what they meant to happen.
0: No, I think, you, I think you've just stumbled upon a, a massive plot hole.
1: I can't even remember why Doc gets caught. Is like, does he even need to get caught? They probably could have just written that back out if they yeah accidentally wrote himself into a corner.
0: <laughs> but maybe at that point they realize that they are running low on runtime. So part one, my very first note is, in fact, did we just watch a full minute of someone walking and whistling? <laughs> uh, we get towards the end of part one, and in part two, we get just people either walking or running through the forest. And those scenes, and we get that again in part four, and those scenes are super duper scary, I must admit. The cameraman is like running with them, following them in the action. It's definitely shot at night. That is not day for night. Yeah. And there is a certain terror in their eyes. Th- those scenes are fantastic. But I think the reason they're there is because there's very little in the way of script. It's making up for lost time. And so perhaps they've written this thing. There is an actual explanation for it. For some reason, they don't shoot or they have to cut the explanation. But if they cut this, that means cutting yet another two minutes out of this. And what are they going to fill it with? Another two minutes of someone running?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Possibly.
0: Can I return to the... Um, what's his name? Chet Baker?
1: Ted Moss. Ted Moss.
0: <laughs> Ted Moss.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: The scene where he shoots the shotgun. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I just noticed that I made a note of two other things in that scene, which we didn't talk about. And that is that there's an owl in the room. Oh, is that? Yeah. (laughs) There's an owl sitting on a perch right next to him, and he has just fired his shotgun, has not even (laughs) scared the owl, because the owl is still just there going, whatever. And later on, Jack shows up, takes the shotgun. I mean, she takes the shotgun, he then takes the shotgun from her. Yeah. Cracks it open, takes out both shotgun shells. Oh. So I don't think he shot anything.
1: Wait, how do shotguns work? Do they leave a bit they, of the cartridge They in? Leave,
0: leave like a, an empty cartridge, but he takes out proper
1: he takes shells, thing. right? Yeah. yeah.
0: It's not like just the cardboardy bits. I th- I'm pretty sure that's what he does.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: He takes out both of them.
1: They're, they're having lots of fun with their cartridge shells, filling them with r- rock salt. Rock salt. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, anyway, yeah, sorry. I just saw that's the a... note about the bloody
1: owl. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. I forgot that there's an owl. So of course Do you see it owl. move? Like, is it meant to be Yeah, there's like an about... owl on a perch. Because like, she has a pet owl. Like, it, it's alive, definitely. It's not just a stuffed thing. Pretty sure it's alive. Okay. <sighs> I totally missed
0: that. Well, at the very least, it's meant to be. Must be. Otherwise, like, why would you have a, an owl in the middle of the room? Like a dead owl.
1: I don't know. People are weird.
0: She's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense that she would have one. Anyway. All right. Jumping around a little bit more. At a certain point, in part three, in in fact, the doctor says something to the effect of... Oh, Wait! This is the reason she faints. This is the reason they can't travel back in time. He says something like, only a time lord could have done this. And I then made a note saying, oh, please, let it be the master. Because at, at that point, I was expecting this to end up being a master plot. Yeah. Similar to the da- Daemons, which is also about a whole bunch of country bumpkins who worship the occult. I mean, I'm assuming that every member of this occult group is a morris dancer in their spare time but as they were in the daemons nothing against morris dancers (laughs) but then we never get any references to time lords again there is no master in the daemons the master was the person who was plotting with the daemon aliens yeah and all these morris dancers were just not just morris dancers also cult members
1: yeah i had the same thought i must admit that when you name drop only a time lord can do this right right? because it's it's the, I guess it's the fact that he said a Time Lord. Yes. He didn't say only the Time Lords. Correct. Where you just think, okay, an act of Gallifrey. They yeah. They've seen as a bad thing. They've intervened. Correct. I don't know what they... they oh, it's just shit, isn't it? <laughs> Why do people love this? <laughs> uh, I can think of a
0: few good things about this. I'm getting too old for this shit, says the old crone. <laughs> By which I mean, there's going to come a time when I be too old for this kind of thing. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> the doctor going, yes, sodium chloride obviously affects the conductivity, ruins the overall electrical balance and prevents control of localized disruption to the osmotic pressures. And Lila goes, salt kills it. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> That's great. That was nice. Why does Colby accuse the old lady? After being saved by Doc and Leela, they come out. The old lady is there. And he immediately goes, "This is all your fault."
1: Does he? Yep. Oh, because he's a knob? No. No, that uh, checks out. <laughs> well, he's interacted with with her before. This is the same lady that works in the kitchens of the Priory or does deliveries. Wait, or is that a totally different old lady?
0: Am I being racist towards little old ladies? <laughs> I don't know. I only remember the one little old lady, but I do remember. You're right. There is a lady who comes in who's like who's told by the policeman. We meet a policeman who's told by the policeman that she is a what do we? No, say he's in the, the intro? guard.
1: He's he's not a policeman. Oh, is he a guard? Right. Yeah.
0: She's told by him that he is a, that she's a loony old trout. That's where that line comes from.
1: Yeah, he's he's a freaking arsehole. He he just names every slur you can about an old lady
0: Respect in your about elders. a minute.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, respect your elders, please. Yeah. But I assumed that was the same lady. Is
0: that not Martha Tyler? Are no, there two I, little old ladies? I don't know.
1: I I think I assumed it was Martha Tyler because I don't know, they're just both stereotypes of old crony ladies and I didn't disconnect it.
0: It is Martha. I'm looking at the okay. scripts in the kitchen. Mitchell says, My name is Mitchell, I'm the security team leader, and no one is allowed in or out without clearance. This loony old trout seems to think she's an exception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so gently, Mrs. T, gently remember your varicose veins.
1: Oh, I remember that. Yeah, because <laughs> varicose veins are notorious for getting upset when you're being angry. I don't know. I
0: think they burst when you defend yourself against. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Horrific security team leaders.
1: Bad for the blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Colby has interacted with her. So, yeah. I don't know. Is Is he just. He's gone through all this shit, realized that one of his co-workers has been leading a cult and his boss, sort of, was trying to find an alien race and then goes, oh, wait, it's you, the woman that delivers our cake. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> cake woman. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I guess maybe. Although he has just been in the room. He was nearly turned into a snake worm. Feels like at this point, surely he knows that Max is the bad guy.
1: Yeah, like he he's seen all the bad things. Like, anyone after that he must logically think is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's a knob so he doesn't... He's stuck in sitcom mode. He has to get a little bit of... If he's not being charming and uh, a bit flirtatious then he's going to be Antagonistic.
0: Yeah, a dick ball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, question for you. If she works in the house, could it be that she unlocked the door to the cupboard or whatever it is where Doc was being held captured? But that she wanted to, you know, stay under the radar, remain incognito? It's possible. Yeah. Because in the timeline of things, I'm not entirely sure where she is otherwise.
1: I think she's absent for quite a long time. Yeah, so maybe I she's working
0: know. in the kitchen and yeah. she just she knows that he's a good guy. So she unlocks the door and then scurries off like only a little old lady with
1: magical powers can.
0: (laughs) Wait, okay, let's return to that pin. What do you have against uh, the paranormal in Doctor Who?
1: What I have against it is that Doctor Who is science fiction. Uh, And emphasis should be on the science in my, my view. Okay. And... I don't mind when they try and put an alien influence behind some kind of supernatural thing because yeah. it's an alien thing, we can go, Okay, great. Sure. I just I don't like it when they leave it and they're almost they're almost basically saying, Oh yeah, tarot cards are real <laughs> and yeah, this this woman can see the future. Other people can see the future. It's like, No. Come yeah, on. But
0: you a, yeah, but yeah. Okay, I, I guess this reveals what you think of that sort of phenomenon in in the world outside of Doctor Who as well, presumably. Well, well yes, probably okay. it does. I mean, I don't believe in tarot cards either, but I mean, you must admit there are people who have exhibited... Uh, p- well, I'm not going to convince you during the recording of this podcast <laughs> episode, but I, I think we can agree that there are certain phenomena out there that remain unexplained. And and if you if you want to assume that there is a logical explanation to it, a, a rational, non-parapsychological explanation to it, then then fine. But you may also want to fill in that blank with uh, a theory or a belief in the para- paranormal, whatever. In this one, it says. Yeah, it could be both. The, the pentagrams are just a, a magnetically conducting, or not magnetically, whatever it is, and uh, some some sort of conductive shape.
1: Yeah, I can't remember what the bollocks was about. Yeah, that. some
0: nonsense about that, and that's all there is. That's this is also the reason we've had pentagrams in various forms of uh, mythology and occult and whatever blah blah. But also, by the way, I mean there are witches. Yeah. We had a similar situation in the daemons. I feel like this is a ripping off the daemons <laughs> a little bit. There is a woman in the daemons who is, which is probably not the right term, but she practices the, she's like the white witch. She practices the, the dark arts for good. <laughs> okay. I mean, she, she practices magic. She, she has a, an insight into all the shenanigans that the daemons' uh, acolytes, are doing the same way that Martha here has an insight into what Chet Baker and Max are doing with the Fendal. Yeah. I think so. I remember she yeah. had like a crystal ball. She was a she was a fake psychic who was also a real psychic, and she had a crystal ball inside her handbag, and she kept like just clobbering people over the head with it. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's <was> pretty great. <laughs> what it kept actually making me think of was the fires of Pompeii knew who. Mm. Which I, I don't recall if it's totally similar, but there is this cult movement yeah. that has some kind of... Is it, I can't remember if it is psychic powers, but I think maybe they have premonitions or... Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, there's like these fire beasts that live in the, the yeah. volcano. And they're, you know, is that... And it's they're the aware of the same kind of, of thing. It's, yeah. it's the, the influence of some entity... Is granting them giving this them, ability. Yeah. Okay. Which... It, I mean, it does sort of fit the pattern of acceptable stuff that I, that I have <laughs> outlined, you know, but I just, I feel like they just ticked so many like tropes for how Martha Tyler was portrayed. Yeah. The fact that there's like a cult with people in robes, there are pentagrams, she's using tarot cards. Who doesn't
0: like a good pentagram, dude?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it, because I'm not actually sure, think about it now, I wonder if that's kind of the point, is that. They're using this idea that the Fendal has been kind of bleeding through into human civilization, and yeah, that's why pentagrams exist. That's why some people can see stuff by moving some cards around. Like I don't know if you know they're trying to say actually, yeah, supernatural stuff is real, but it's all just the Fendal.
0: (laughs) Okay, but you would be okay with that?
1: Uh, ish. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I don't like super on the nose portrayals of old crones that can tell the future it's just yeah it's a it's trope. really weak
0: but the whole thing is yet another I, and i don't mean that in a negative way but it is yet another um, hammer horror pastiche yeah but do it once okay what, what like we're this which is- ones have we had now by the way the Brain of Morbius is one of them. That's very Pyramids of Mars was very Hamahari. Yes, you're right. This one. The lighthouse one.
1: Yeah. At least Gothic y I don't know it's yeah. quite Hamahar, but No, you're right. Could well be actually, I don't know. The lightning and all that kind of shit. Yeah. I'm sure there are more. Probably. like, But, you know, if we could name that many over... That's already quite a few. That's probably the last half a dozen serials that we've named a few of them. Yeah. It, you know, yeah, it, I think you might be it's right. It's quite a big repetition, especially when you think about what it would have been to sit down and watch this week in, week out as singular episodes. Yeah. Like, you are watching Hammer Horror slash Gothic Doctor Who. for The Mask pe-
0: of Mandragora.
1: Yeah. Like, you're, you're watching it for... The better part of a year, probably, you know. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm now skimming through the back catalogue. At a certain point, it just turns into pure sci-fi. Robot arc in space, some time experiments, yada, yeah, yada.
1: Which, oh, I guess there are fans out there. And sure. They're probably going, yeah, give me more, give me more. And I'm like, no, give me more sci-fi, give me space.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I I, I miss space as well, yeah. quite frankly.
1: I think generally I, just, I prefer a mix. And I, I think at this point, you know, in, in this run... I'm just like, no, it's too much now. You want more of something else? Yeah, we need to But we did just back. have a,
0: we just had a fantastic voyage uh, not too long before then. I mean, it's sort of, it's switching back and forth, back and forth between the two, is isn't it? Uh, maybe it does. Maybe, maybe it's because we're condensing into serial. Robots of Death. This was written by the chap behind Robots of Death, by the way. Oh, interesting. So the, the, uh, the chap, Chris Boucher, hang on, let me, let me look him up. Chris Boucher wrote two other things, I believe. Yeah. So he wrote "The Face of Evil," which is the Mount Rushmore, Mount Docmore. Leela's first yeah. episode. Yeah. Okay. And then he wrote "The Robots of Death," and then he wrote this. Mm. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, he also wrote a Doctor Who novel called "Psi Ends Fiction." Psi Ends Fiction. <laughs> Not do it. Yeah. Featured the fourth Doctor in Leela. A lot of uh, parapsychology and telepathy going on there. Mm. Oh, yeah. Wanda Wentham.
1: Wanda Wentham.
0: Wanda Wentham plays yeah. Thea. Benedict Cumberbatch's mum. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah,
0: we've met her once before. She was Gene Rock in The Faceless Ones, which We're... is an excellent hero, by the way. Yeah? Yeah.
1: We will apparently meet her again as well.
0: Oh, yes. Time and the Rani.
1: Yeah. She, interestingly, does them uh, a decade apart. <laughs> Oh, interesting. So this one's 77. Yeah. Previous one was 67. Next one's going to be 87.
0: You know what happened in between? Come Yeah. (laughs) 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 So maybe she took a break because she gave birth to Sherlock, and then X years later, she's like, oh man, that kid is high maintenance, and (laughs) you don't need another gig to pay the bills. (laughs) Holy moly.
1: (laughs) We have a set location actually connecting to a previous serial as well. Oh, really? We've already mentioned it. Pyramids of Mars. Yeah. So the same estate is used for some of the outs- outside scenes, which apparently so it's called Star Groves, and it was owned by Mick Jagger. No way, really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like it. See, I was very confused because I definitely looked at this and thought, well, this is some kind of stately home, and then they start talking about a priory, and I, I've had to double check this. A priory is like, it's like a church, yeah, ish, right? church type thing, like yeah it almost or, quite a monastery. like. I was going to say, or is that a monastery? Yeah. It, Wait, what is a priory? It's it's that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, but what is a and priory? And we see the outside of this, and it just looks like a stately home. I don't know why it's... It's a monastery of men or women under religious vows that is headed by a prior or prioress. Like, it, it's not a plot point. Unless they're trying to say that the, the coven were really, like, monks. Witches, or, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. It just seems really weird that they call it a priory.
0: I think it's just an, it's an old priory. I think it used to be used as a priory. Now it's just a shell of a building, and they are in there.
1: But, but it's all full of wood-paneled rooms and And
0: it stuff. has a massive pentagram in one of the rooms. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's not really contextualized.
1: No. You know what? I keep banging on about um, Star Wars. Okay. Because we're in the year of, of Star Wars. Oh, but Star Wars had not yet... Well, in the UK, I only realized... Oh. Oh. Um, randomly stumbled across a bit of trivia Has it come out afterwards then? It didn't come out until December What? So I'm pretty sure it came out in May Yeah Or possibly even March, I don't know And yeah, in the UK though it didn't come out until December So it's it's quite possible that no one involved in Doctor Who has seen it yet at this point We're still in November, I think, 77
0: Oh, that's interesting
1: So the whole idea that Canine might have been influenced by it is probably moot Like there, there's, you know, gonna have Have ripples across the yeah, the Atlantic. I'm people sure people must but...
0: be aware of it, and if nothing else, they've been watching bootlegged copies of trailers yeah, for possibly. six months and just jacking <laughs> it like animals. One assumes. Okay, dude. Last point before we jump into. G- give me your last point. I'll give you my last point before we jump into ratings.
1: I don't know if I have a last point. I d- I, I like that they have fruitcake. I like that the Doctor likes fruitcake because I, <laughs> I like fruitcake too. <laughs>
0: that's an excellent point <laughs> <laughs>
1: i like it and I, I like that Leela somehow injects the, the humor into it where the, the doctor says we've come for tea and she says fruit fruitcake
0: <laughs> <laughs> i really like Leela. Yeah, oh, i'm gonna miss it where she goes yeah. my last note uh, pre-ratings was going to be that in in part one we get to see the experiment conducted by fendelman and uh, is it, it's max yeah yeah uh, where Fendelman goes, oh, come in, come in, God, you're late. Uh, sit down by that computer over there. And then he reads stuff off one screen on one side of the room and Max punches something in and repeats what he punches in on yeah. the other side of the room. Just strikes me that it seems like one person could have conducted this experiment if they only put the two computers next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, later on, Thea, the, the scientist who gets taken over and turned into the Fendal, she does so on her own.
1: She not just turn it on and then just maybe leave it to do stuff? Yeah. Maybe.
0: Why do you need two people for
1: this? See, I actually kinda liked that scene because okay. normally like we we watched Adventure of in Space and Time. Oh yeah. Thing and, you know, Hartnell was really hot on this switch has to do this thing and only this thing. And yeah. you know, and normally that's not a consideration. Most people will just go boop, 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 mash it, <laughs> keyboard. Yeah, I've done that thing. But this actually looked like someone had had thought and directed it a little bit because like says, like, power one, and Max taps the thing and goes power one and is notably notably pissed off about his job. But then Fendelman turns to his screens and is, like, checking readouts and is like, yeah, okay, that's okay. Right, make a few notes. Yeah. Okay, now power two. So it's like he's assessing everything uh, at each point. And yes, he probably could have just pressed the button himself.
0: It seems like he could have, yeah.
1: It means he can be monitoring it continuously without any That's true. chance of missing stuff.
0: That is true. And having two people there, it, it you know what? It seemed to me like it was trying to emulate a scenario wherein the computer lab was in fact way bigger. And Fendelman is up on a balcony somewhere taking readings. And he's like, oh, now switch on number one. And then on the bottom below the balcony, there's a whole team of scientists manning various computer stations and then they flip switches. But in actual fact, they're standing two metres away from each other. <laughs> it's like, just wheel back on your chair. I'm yeah. busy. Beep. <laughs> flip a switch. Wheel back. Take a reading. Lazy bum. <laughs> anyway, ratings? Let's. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong. Hey, la, 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 la. Ratings.
1: Well, 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 then. <laughs> well, 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 then. <laughs> so, slight spoiler. I wrote a number down after watching the serial. Okay. And unless I convince myself otherwise, I'm not changing that number. Oh, really? Yeah. Right, okay. Mostly because I think I've been more negative than you have, and I haven't talked myself down. Okay. I was just already down. <laughs> spoiler. Yeah, It's it's one of those ones, again, where I kind of wanted to like it because there are some things that are kind of interesting. The fact that something could have influenced human evolution is an incredibly intriguing concept do they do it well like bollocks do they <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah I, I don't know if you're going to throw stuff like it like that in there you need to spend a bit of time talking about it in a sensible way not just in uh, wishy washy mock science that doesn't really add anything it just confuses
0: yeah i agree
1: so okay, we we've got that kind of thing. Like, we've got the obvious fact that this like you you identified, I think probably correctly, it sits out of sync with how when it was written, when it was produced, and canine is just ham fisted from nowhere. Which doesn't set it into great stead. Like it it kind of just sets it up as people didn't care enough <laughs> for one reason or another to put this whole series in the right order or yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's not great. Well, you've introduced a character, you've, you've made him come a an and then you've just sidelined him the first opportunity because production went weird. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, that's, that's a minor negative by far. I think for me, the biggest negative because it really affected my enjoyment of it is just how stereotypical and bad and weird the acting is throughout the entire <laughs> cast. Like, we started off, you know, pretty much from the top of our podcast saying just bit by bit how weird and annoying each of these characters were for different reasons. It just boggles my mind that no one in part of the production crew, the director or maybe some of the producers, looked at what they were making and was like, no, that guy thinks he's in a sitcom. This guy thinks he's a a Bond villain and we haven't revealed him as the Bond villain yet. This woman is just absent. (laughs) (laughs) This old crone is an old crone. Like... I don't know. It's just, no, all these pieces, A, shouldn't ever be on a board, <laughs> let alone on the same board. And, oh yeah, I don't know. It it really hampered me kind of wanting to buy him with them as characters and certainly following the progress of the story and everything. By like the fact that Thea then turns into a god who is even more absent than her character was before. And yes, she can turn you into a worm, but otherwise she just dramatically waves her arms around and then teleports around but then is impacore you know I agree. you know is not corporeal and it's not really a threatening scenario like actually a more threatening scenario is how loony bins maxes and straight up just shooting people and how dark it gets with the doctor then handing max a gun when he starts turning into a worm oh, you which know. is so good though isn't it like it is and it isn't. I, I I still have issues with the fact that Doc just straight up goes, okay, there's nothing else I can do in this room right this second. I'll just leave you to kill yourself. But I'll there is be, I'll be nothing else it. he can do. There is nothing else he can do. He wanted to save him. He couldn't save him. It was too late. Wow. Well, he does know.
0: the merciful thing. Just, anyway, yeah, sorry, still still, still doesn't off. get
1: his hands dirty, but does he? That's true. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to yeah. cut you anyway. off there. I think, you know, alongside the stereotypes, there's just a lot of stuff shoved into this story as well that they, don't, they then don't spend enough time trying to explain and uh i i tried i tried to find some positives so the positives are probably just the and like we've already said Lila was great apart from the couple of times where she didn't quite seem her usual self. I think the doc is great as well. I'm struggling to actually remember a lot of him in this but the things I do remember are very good and he does offer someone a jelly baby. That's true. Which has to get plus points. In a scene that makes very little sense. <laughs> this is when they first meet Ted In Lila's apparently. Is just... that
0: Ted? Yeah. Is that Chet Baker? Yeah. Yes. She almost kills him with a massive Rambo knife and he's just totally cool with it yeah
1: and, yeah and doc's just using it as a moment to say uh no leela this is this is not how we greet people this this man was not tracking you he's not going to kill you <laughs> <laughs> would you like a jelly baby yeah I, I think for the most part you know doc's really really good in this one actually mm. but it's still a bit of a stinker okay mm. it's not full-on stinker i don't think it you know it, it's still got a little bit of charm to it I not it i'm gonna knock it down a bit I was going to give it a 2.2, but I'm going to go with a (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. Okay, 2.0, you say? So where you crack out (laughs)
0: a (laughs) 4.5. Right. Uh, Well, (laughs) we said, I don't think that we said this on the record, but before pressing record, we were talking about this, and I did point out that this is, I think, generally considered one of the fan favorites. It's a beloved serial. And to a certain degree, I understand why. It has such a wonderful horror ambiance. It is shot on a fantastic location. They have got tropes coming out of the wazoo in this one, and so many beautiful lines. Here are just a few examples. Ooh. You must think my head zips up the back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think these cows know anything about a time scanner, uh, and it's a good thing your tribe never developed guns that have awoken with a start one morning and wiped themselves out. <laughs> brilliance the characters gosh golly holy moly and crapola all rolled up into one because from the cartoonish psycho professor to the sitcom scientist who can't act and from what's his chops brian Chalmers of manure quarterly to the dusty old lady who has magical powers i think i might just love them all for all of their goofy nonsense oh really on top of which, I have a feeling that there is a genuinely good science fiction story behind all of this. The the backstory of the Fendal or the Fendaline, the fact that there's this strange collective entity that requires 12, no, 13, um, no, 13 <laughs> <laughs> creatures living in some sort of symbiosis that then harvest life energy from others, including themselves. It, it's interesting. Plus, there's a—I mean, it's this is part of uh, Time Lord law. That's that's really really cool. The time loop, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the acting really is deplorable, and the writing suffers from the lack of
1: writing. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come down to my level.
0: <laughs> there are just so many plot holes. Who's this Time Lord? How did Doc come at, get out of the cupboard? Is there such a thing as magic? Who is the bad guy? Who set up this whole thing? Why did they transport the skull there? Who are these scientists? Is there a village? Are there people living in it? Was there a pentagram there before they arrived? Or is the pentagram there because they arrived? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's just so much that remains unexplored. And the only thing that remains for me to do is ask, what the hell just happened? <laughs> now, I, I had written down... I had, sorry, I hadn't written down, but I had thought of a rating before we pressed record. Okay. Over the course of this review... I had revised that rating in my head. I had bumped it up. Oh! This conversation, believe it or not, made me appreciate this serial even more than I did before. <laughs> and then the second I started typing up bullet points just to go, I must remember to mention this in my ratings bit, I started downgrading it again. And I am back down to a 2.1. Oh, Just above yours. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Should we listen to some listener minis?
1: Let's see that.
0: Listener Minis, now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Holy Listener Minis, Batman, we've got a whole bunch of them. Starting with, in chronological order, Paul Forber. Hello, Paul. Hey there, Paul. Paul has uh, submitted a Mini of uh, the correct length.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you, Paul. (laughs) We really appreciate not having to truncate. (laughs) Paul starts. Image of the Fendal
0: is Tom Baker's darkest Doctor Who story since Philip Hinchcliffe's produced. Fendaline, alien monsters with deadly psychotelekinetic powers, looked like serpentine versions of horror writer H.P. Lovecraft's ancient fictional god Cthulhu. His stories detail how knowledge of fictional mythology causes madness. In this story, the Doctor needed Leela to help him survive his living nightmare and save humanity from Armageddon.
1: Millennia ago, Time Lords didn't destroy the Fendal, which haunts them and prepares to kill. At a haunted priory and haunted woods, an possibly old skull revived the Doctor's nightmares and drew Thea Ransom as her scientific team scanned a hole in time, threatening the Earth. The story focused on the skull until the Doctor arrived asking about deaths. Most like Max
0: Stahl's suicide and Dr. Fendelman's murder occurred off-screen. Some victims became embryo fendaline the doctor immediately recognized. Despite being the only person knowing what ha- was happening, he was briefly imprisoned after giving orders. I find his inability to take the situation over refreshing.
1: Hmm. Wise woman Martha Tyler didn't understand her dream visions of Thea uh, the Fendal, the one who kills, victimizing stalls <laughs> coven. <laughs> Their ceremony encased her in gold and unleashed her. Once the Doctor discovered the Time Lords kept their failed attack against the Fendile secret, he raced to Earth's rescue as time ticked rapidly away.
0: Awesome! Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Indeed! Ooh, I love it! Very nice, Paul. Thank you very much. Do you know the only thing I'm missing? A rating.
1: Yeah, a rating <laughs> would be super nice at the end of that, Paul.
0: I'm very curious. Excellent stuff. Well, well done. People who are not Paul, please high-five Paul online. Yeah, say hi. Tell him hi from us. Uh, he can be found at Wordsmith Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul.
1: Next up, we've got got Christaps Paddock. What up, Christaps? Hey, Christaps. Christaps starts. The nostalgia factor here is high, but not quite high enough to give this a great rating. Tom Baker went Hammer Horror several times, but this stands above its contemporaries in how far it went. The Old House. The scientists probing topics best left alone, the skull with a pentagram on it, and above all, the 70s witch goddess form of the <laughs> Fendal. All lend to a spooky, if one-dimensional, atmosphere. The Fendaline look a bit crap, and the vulnerability to salt
0: is a tired trope. Classic behind-the-sofa Doctor Who, but doesn't hold up to re-watching. 34 he says, Fendelman, man of Fendel, I have been used. You have been used. Mankind has been used, says Chris Padder. <laughs> 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 very nice. Thank you very much, Chris 3.4a, holy mm. moly. Mm-mm. Big Hut. People of Podcast Land, please tell Chris Tapps what a big Hut he has. Chris Tapps can be found at Paddock ND. No doubt. <laughs> Next up, we've got Phil Salter. Hello, Phil. Why don't you come and fill my salt shaker? (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, Phil must have made it through this one. (laughs) Yeah, he's sorted. (laughs) Phil starts, anyone who can fully and properly explain all the plot twists and turns of this story is a cleverer man than me. This time the Doctor and Leela meets Doctor Fendelman, aka Doctor Plot Device-man, or Doctor Moustachman. <laughs> <laughs> mustache, mustache man. Oh damn it. <laughs> I can't <Mustache> speak Mustachman. <laughs> For reasons of plot device, he's linked to a skull that's older than it should be, which is the origin of man, but is also the remnant of the Fendal who takes over Sherlock's mum? No, I'm sorry, what? Several unrelated points follow.
1: Leda's new costume is on display here, and it's... well, there's not much to it. (laughs) This story is very much the last gasp of the gothic horror
0: style of story,
1: at least until State of Decay. Ooh, so I get a breather. You do, yeah. Good, good. It's blindingly obvious they were not expecting K-9 at time of writing, with his slight appearance. Still, it's better than Chameleon. Oh, you'll
0: love him. Uh, I don't know if I remember Chameleon or if I just remember seeing clips and pictures of Chameleon, but, oh yeah, I have no doubt we'll have a few things to say about Chameleon. <laughs> Next bullet point. This is the first job a Wanda Wentham did after giving birth to ca- Benedict Cucumber Patch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and last point, a confused story with a whole lot of atmosphere. Fairly good, but far from the top. So it's a... from Phil. Who adds, in
0: terms of his Twitter plug, you know, I don't think these cows know anything about Twitter.
1: They probably don't. Yeah,
0: that is true. That is probably true.
1: But never underestimate cows. (laughs) They're watching you. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Phil.
0: Next up we've got Michael Ridgway Ridgway. Hello, Michael. Hello then, Michael. My goodness, Michael. Some mini reactions from
1: Michael. Episode one. Hello, Leela's dress. Leela threatening to garrot the guy from the council.
0: Good double-barreled cliffhanger: Leela versus a shotgun, and the Doctor
1: versus the evil dead. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Episode two. I'm sorry, Leela's dress is a massive distraction to this entire story. No idea what you're talking about. I have no idea who these scientists are, what are they are doing, and why World War One service revolvers are standard issue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, trivia point: Kenya does indeed have very oldy skulls, and the Kenyans are very proud of them. Oh. Nice
1: Leela <laughs> <laughs> wears a similar coloured garment When she briefly teams up with the Seventh daughter, daughter In Dimensions in Time Hot What? Leela comes back? I guess so Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler Episode 3 Horrifically unnecessary execution
0: Like the poor unit bloke's encounter With a compost machine in Seeds Humans murdering humans is more disturbing Than monsters killing humans
1: This is Fendelman being killed, isn't it? I guess so, yeah Yeah it was
0: pretty dark, pretty dark. Yeah, it is. It's like freaking bullet to the head. Yeah. We get to see him afterwards. He's got blood trickling out of his temple.
1: He does. Yeah. And the last point for episode three is Day of the Giant Worm Triffid. Episode four, like a
0: Medusa lady who turns people into baby worm triffids.
1: But there is one. <clears throat> Why have a giant worm triffid? so super easy to kill? <laughs> Farewell, Leela's Dress. <laughs> <laughs> And in summary, says Michael, I vaguely recall something about a skull, worms, Medusa Lady, the man as a box of frogs, gran, and the costumes? Wait, he didn't say that as a question, but I'm saying it as a question. (laughs) (laughs) And he gives this a rating of 2.6 out of
0: 5 giant worm triffids paralyzed with distraction by Leela resulting in a salty death. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. Oh, yum. (laughs) 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 Excellent stuff. (laughs) <laughs> great stuff thank you michael as always people please follow michael on twitter and high five him from us he can be found at bad underscore movie underscore club next up we've got nick davies aka the doctor hello nick hello there, nick Nick says, this one is a definite grower. It starts fairly slow, but as the intrigue of the 12-million-year-old skull begins to unwind, so too does the story excitement. We learn that there has been some interference of the Fendal with human evolution. How many races have done this in other stories, and did they know about each other? (laughs) Even more intriguing is the connection to Gallifreyan legends. The scientific explanation behind the Fendal energy doesn't seem to get explained well enough. But
1: nevertheless, the idea keeps the interest. Characters. Tom, great. Leela, getting better all the time. I think she's one of my favourite companions thus far. Mm. The young scientist, okay. Max, slightly maniacal, but seems to redeem himself. Fendelman, typical tapped scientist who prioritises his discovery over wiping out the entire human race. <laughs> What's not to like? Thea is the nicest one, but she turns into an op- omnipotent monster in a pentagram. Like the horror of Fangrock, you don't seem to find out much about the enemy until right at the end. A story featuring a Dalek or Cyberman threat would have been revealed at the end of episode one normally, but I like this way, with one-off foes. Hmm, that's a nice point. Not sure about the paper mache triffid thing, adding to the story. It's a good serial, though, and it's a 3.0 from him. Very nice very
0: nice. Nick, awesome stuff. As always, loving the mini. Thank you very much. Next up, we've got Daniel Green, a.k.a. Doctor in Waiting. Ooh, he says, we'll catch up on the shows, I've only got as far as the Lighthouse Urban Dictionary definition, oh how I laughed, and oh how my good lady was unimpressed. (laughs) You're welcome, Daniel. So it's a short review to get it on time. Okay, well, let's get to it. The image of Fendal, a fan favourite maybe, a favourite of mine,
1: definitely. A mad scientist, an evil scientist, a reasonable scientist, a beautiful scientist, (laughs) the wise woman... (laughs) and her yokel cool son are a fine supporting cast. I love the concept of evolution going up a blind alley and
0: the destruction of the Fendal as the explanation of the asteroid belt in our solar systems. I missed that.
1: Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> The cereal is a fine hammer horror rump. Yes, okay, I'm not sure the monster can do much more than shuffle at you and wave its tentacles, but it can freeze you in place in a simpler manner than made the angel in Blink so threatening. I'm sure you and Jim, yes, me and Jim, <laughs> will discuss the science and uncover it as nonsense, but I thought it was great. <laughs> did we uncover it as nonsense? I, I I feel like we probably did. Well, the, the science, in quotes... <laughs> Is usual dot who science of those were the biggest air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) like this is low sci-fi. We know that we love it because of that. Like it's not sure. Yeah, it's not really trying to explain it with science, is it? It's just throwing a little bit of yeah. Alien, alien did it. Space stuff did it because space. Yeah, yeah. Because space, man. (laughs) I'm sure you understand the space. That's not an offensive accent if anyone's picking up on that. It's, it's a just, space it's, accent. It was a space accent. It's just accent. Drew. It's my version of Drew? <laughs> <laughs> he cut that. keeping it.
0: <laughs> Daniel continues. Leela and the Doctor have some great interaction with the cast and between each other. Leela does look stunning in this alternative outfit. However, having her original leather costume and wearing her hair down was much more fitting to her savage background.
1: And the rating from Daniel is four tentacle monsters out of five. Holy moly. Wow. That's the biggest heart of
0: them all, I think. I think it might be. Oh, nice one. Very nice, Dan. Can I call you Dan? I'm going to call you Dan. <laughs> Sorry, I think the Campari has just hit. <laughs> thank you so much. That is, that, that's a lovely, lovely mini. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. In fact, thank you everyone who sent something in for this one. Pretty amazing stuff across the board. What have we got coming up next? Next up, we do have a
1: new review
0: in uh, Robot of Sherwood, after which we're back with the classics.
1: We are. We've got the Sunmakers. That's right.
0: Although we are coming up to New Year's, Christmas and New Year's, Podcast Land, please allow a little bit of flexibility here. We'll, we'll figure this out because obviously we're all heading off to different corners of the world for the holidays. But we will most definitely be doing a bonus review. Can we say this? Most definitely. We'll, we will be doing a bonus review of the upcoming New Year's Day episodes. When we do this exactly remains to be seen, but we will do it. Not before New Year's Day. <laughs> Not before New Year's Day. And there may be some Christmas bloopers, I have a feeling. Yes. So we'll see. Uh, Robots of Sherwood and the Sunmakers, probably one of them at least this side of the New Year's. But in the meantime, you can say hello to us. Jim, are you on Twitter? I am. They can find me at Jimmy the Who. Jimmy the Who. (laughs) And where can they find you, Leon? Well, I'm glad you asked. Pop round to at Ponkin and uh, give me a poke. I'll poke you right back. Thank you so much for listening. You have been an absolutely adorable audience.
1: Weren't they just... In that, I adore you. They were just purring away peacefully in the background. It was gorgeous, though. <laughs> <stuff. laughs>
0: Lovely as always. Until the next time, rock on, be rad next to each other.
1: cha And be rad and excellent. To us, too. No, that doesn't work. No,
0: no I like that. <laughs> yeah, think
1: about us every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> Here's Christmas after.
0: Shall we have some more Tuesday night campari? <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your ear in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then. Cha-chao. I'll cut most of what I just said.